Hello, my ladies, my gays, my theys, and the men who get it. I am Reagan, and we are back for another episode of the F the Nice Guy podcast. Now, today I have a guest, one of my favorites, and a good friend of mine, Abby Rosemarin. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Abby, I love having you on. Uh, so today, what I thought would be fun to talk, I don't know if fun's the word, maybe I should backtrack on that, but I thought it would be interesting to talk about in all of our conversations, like I feel like you and I have realized we have many things in common, which is great, mm -hmm. but also very telling of the nice guys that we have dealt mm -hmm. with. And I thought it might be interesting to maybe talk about what we've realized made us more enticing, I guess, to the nice guy. I mean, it's one of the reasons why the the victims of the same nice guy abuser, if you will, always tend to like become like besties. And it's because, well, we all have very similar personalities. That's why. Um, and as, as I see it, and this is something that I definitely had to navigate myself, where you know, being able to take that inventory about the things about my me that was sending out this beacon to the the nice guy without victim blaming. Mm -hmm. And I, I came to the, the conclusion of these traits, if you are only surrounded by empathetic, kind, giving people, they're amazing. There's nothing inherently wrong about any of these things per se. It's just these were the things that these men were like, ooh, that's that's my meal ticket right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, I definitely think being empathetic at all is like a big, but mm -hmm. I, I would say my people pleasing was one of the things that really got me into trouble with these guys and my need to ease tension. Because yeah. if I am in like a, a tense situation for any reason, like it could just be like awkward. Like I don't know these people. Um, or like I go into a party, I don't know somebody like anything where I just feel a little uneasy and, you know, at the more uh, nefarious points, like being in, uh, difficult conversations with nice guys, right. In quotations, obviously it's like, I feel like it was my job to ease tension. However, that may be like, whether that be through talking, whether that be for taking, like maybe taking blame or trying to see their side. But I always had this strong drive to like make it more comfortable. And unfortunately, a lot of times for them specifically. Yes, 100%. And, and very fittingly, when I was thinking of the personality traits that were sending out that like dinner bell, if you will, uh, <laughs> People pleasing and that like trying to placate in any source of uh, stress or tension and usually in a self-deprecating way was like towards the top of the list. Uh, there is a reason why so many of the uh, the aforementioned nice guy TikTokers will make content about, oh, my God, people pleasers, people pleasers be like, and it is entirely to rope in women who are people pleasers. Oh, um, God, that's I so was, true. And it's and that's oh, it's. Oof, without going down that rabbit hole of they will always pretend that they have the traits that they're looking for in their next victims. And uh, one of the analogies that I always love is, it, you know, two people are rounding the corner at the same time and they bump into each other and one has a personality type to say, yeah, watch where you're going. And the other one has the personality type to say, oh, my God, I should have watched where I'm going. They want the ones who are saying, oh, my God, I should have watched where I was going, even though that was a no fault situation because they are the watch where you're going. They want the people pleaser because they know that that is somebody that they can basically throw that tension on, throw that strain on and, you know, have them be in a place where they are going to try to uh, appease their partner, their nice guy boyfriend. They are going to, you know, figure out, well, what did I do wrong? Which in some ways gets into one of the personality traits that I know was you know, one of those attractors, which is that uh, ability to constantly question myself, the self, uh, oh. I don't want to say self doubt, just the ability to really take that inventory of my own, uh, what was going on internally. Uh, I used to call it the self doubt differential, where <laughs> these men, they're not, they're not questioning their motives, they're not questioning right. their perceptions, they're lashing out and projecting. And then here we are going, well, maybe, maybe I did word that wrong. And maybe that, that, you know, maybe, maybe it was my trauma talking, I don't know. And, you know, as a result, we just take in what they're doing, because they that's what they want. They want, yeah, 
you blame yourself, doubt yourself. Cause I'm never going to doubt me. Right. Yeah. That's such a good point too, because it's like, even if they know they're in the wrong on some level that they have messed up, they are so steadfast and strong in their like authority in the situation. Like, no, you're wrong. And so they love when somebody is like, easily like swayed to look within when they're easily like introspection is something that they do easily quickly and feel accountable to do like when when conflict happens people that say okay well introspection is a huge part of this let me look within before i even start to take in other factors which like for me for like with my mental health like there are times that that impacts the way that i see the world so it's natural for me if something happens like the first thing i do is look within and question myself and for good reason, but when people have that temperament, the nice guy manipulation, they love that because they're going to go all in with that. And they may not even know what the, like, they may not even know what they're going to manipulate, but when you offer something up like, oh, like, well, well, you know, I was really anxious today. They'll be like, that's it. You're anxious. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's why this happened. Or like, oh, you know, I missed a dose of medicine or, or, you know, oh, I've been feeling really hormonal. They're like, that's the thing. And that's why you're to blame. You're like, okay, well, I guess that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And it is insane. Like, you know, to really drive the point home that this is, you know, when we do this inventory, it's not a victim blaming thing. Introspection is a good thing. We should all want introspection. But these men really do, like, they are so unable to look within that they are hoping that they can just shoulder it onto you like I am never going to forget my abusive ex who after he blew up on me just like completely escalated out of nowhere and I even have the receipts to back it up how out of nowhere it was the next day he was like you're really gonna sit here and tell me that you weren't even partially responsible for how I was last night And the worst part, too, is I then went through the texts, went through my voice notes and was like, well, maybe there was something I had done to make him act this way. Yeah, they have to have something. That's the thing is like if they take accountability, which is rare, but -hmm. if they take it, it always goes with I will accept that I did this if you admit you did that. And then Mm -hmm. this kind of circles back to that people pleasing and that need to ease tension. Like there were times that I would just be like in the many, many nice guys I've dated where I just be like, okay, yeah, you're right. You know, because it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to fight about this anymore. We have fought about this for days. You've given me the silent Mm -hmm. treatment. I'm exhausted. Like, sure. When you screamed at me, the fact that I moved my hands off my lap and to the side of me was an aggressive move. You know what I mean? Like some little thing. Cause it's like, to me, I'm like, I don't even care anymore. But to them, it's like, gotcha. You have admitted fault. This is a two way street. It's always a two way street with them because they cannot accept that they're the quote unquote bad guy. And the worst part too, is they will genuinely think that they are being so diplomatic. Cause like, look, I'm not just blaming you. It's both ways which, you know, gets into yet another lovely trait that, you know, sends out the, that uh, bat signal, if you will. And that is that desire and willingness to find middle ground, you know, where yep. they, and they know that. And so they'll take situations where they were clearly to blame. They were clearly at fault. And we're like, nah, you know what? It's just both people, both people were, were to blame here. God. That's so true. Every time you say one, I'm like, oh my God, 8,000 conversations come to mind. But it's like, I always did that. But if they had the opportunity to be fully not, it's not their problem, they would do that. But if ever I was involved, well, we both had, were to blame here, but we both need to admit our fault. Let's, let's be calm, cool, and collected. Let's think about it. And another thing, like another tactic of that is like, I feel like they will pair with emotional people or or just people who feel very strongly about things because they will pull out the diplomatic or like the therapist talk, you know what I'm saying? Don't you hate it? <laughs> it's like, now let's let's look at this for a second. I you're saying I screamed in your face. That's not my perspective. I believe that mm. I was articulating my emotions and because of your trauma, you heard me yelling. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm triggering Abby. Uh, but but point, I like, <laughs> point being is like, they will purposefully come at you in a diplomatic, even-toned, calm, they'll talk slow, but the content of what they're saying is incendiary. It is purposefully to agitate, to upset, to mm -hmm. antagonize. And then when they get the big reaction from you, which is purposeful, my friends, this is not an accident. They are trying to to upset you then they get the hands up whoa whoa where's this coming from why are you being so emotional i'm just trying to have a conversation exactly oh my god and it really like <laughs> the same way you were having like eight thousand conversations coming to mind same deal because they love that especially mm -hmm. after really getting you into a really bad headspace because of all that volatility but now they're really calm and i i just i can hear my abusive ex being like but I'm calm, Abby, Abby, I'm, I'm calm. I'm not even mad. And here I am like a nervous wreck because, you know, <laughs> because they have pushed me to that edge. And of course that whole, it was because of your trauma that you saw it that way, which <laughs> gets into the, another trait, which is the trauma history and specifically Ugh. people who are knee deep in trauma recovery, who are going to therapy, who are deconstructing their past, because those are going to be the people who are very introspective, who are willing to question their perceptions because they know how much things have been painted because of what has they've gone through. Mm -hmm. That, you know, is this amazing setup that they really will. Like we have watched public figures try to do this gaslighting where it's just like oh you know what i there was nothing i did wrong it was really just you and your trauma my least favorite thing ever <laughs> well and the other thing is like it's genuinely proven right like it, it's a smart move on their part because the way that trauma works is if you have been traumatized particularly in this way where there's like some type of trauma bond was formed through a relationship, you are more likely to fall into that pattern and they know exactly what places to hit. Now, they may not know exactly what to say. This brings me to another, we're just going to just bleh, uh, vomiting thoughts. But another thing, and if you have another point, we can come back to it. But another part of this is they will get you to unload your trauma. These men will yeah. always, like if you are in the process of working through your trauma, it's something that's on your mind, you're becoming more comfortable talking about it. And these men love that because what you do is you give them a blueprint. When you say my ex did this, my my father, my mother, whatever traumatic or uh, volatile relationship you've been in in the past, they will say their stuff and everything they say is not because I've heard people say like, um, I'm an oversharer. Like on my page, I'll talk about how uh, some narcissistic men or nice guys will give you their whole sob story, right? And it's yeah. like, it's not oversharing though. It's purposeful. Every mm -hmm. detail has a purpose. Every detail will be weaponized against you at a later date. So they'll say, you know, my I had an ex who cheated on me and I have a hard time trusting. Or, you know, my dad used to yell at me and I just can't be yelled at. So then when you get in an argument with them, they're like, how dare you use this now? How dare you raise your voice at me? Like everything that they are giving is not like, oh, I'm oversharing. It's no, I'm sharing exactly what I want. Mm -hmm. And likewise encourages you to overshare and through through that, through sharing your trauma or through feeling this in intense intimacy that they often foster, you will give them the keys to the kingdom to help manipulate you. And yeah. that's another thing of being very careful. I, I don't want to like make anyone feel they can't share what they've been through, but be careful of men who early on want to know everything about your trauma. Like mm -hmm. it's not always a good thing. It's not always just like a open ear, open heart. It's, it can mm -hmm. be, I'm looking for, I'm looking for some information to use. Exactly. I'm looking for my easy in with the vulnerability. So that way the trauma bond is going to sink in deeper. And exactly like you were saying, I was given the blueprint of what I can do now to, you know, basically torment you. Um, and this actually, uh, segues perfectly into one of those traits that 
is definitely something that was very uncomfortable for me to sit with, which is that desire for the Prince Charming to save the day, the Prince Charming to be the forever love that makes all of the other stuff that you've been through uh, worthwhile. Because these men can pick up on that and they know it. So they're like, you know what? It is time for me to sell the fairy tale, sell the Prince Charming, sell that I'm the one who's going to rescue the princess. And if we're not careful, we just fall into that and go, okay, here we go. Here's everything that I've been through. Thank God you're here to save me. Not getting that that was literally just a trap to, you know, better ensnare you. A hundred percent. And I think along those lines is not just the selling of the fairy tale and like, I, I, I definitely have fallen victim for that for sure. But like, there's also this idea of like, this is my person. And so because you have this idea that like, even like they're the fairy tale, they're the one, even if it's just the one, right? You put up with so much shit from them because you believe in that undying love. You believe in that unconditional love that no, no matter what these men do, you'll be there for them because that's the love you want yep. without, without realizing they are not giving that to you. You are not being given unconditional love. You are being given incredibly conditional love, conditional mm-hmm. attention, conditional empathy, conditional, like a, a conditional relationship. Like all of this is you have to do what they want, when they want it, the way that they want it, or they will pull back. Exactly. They will punish. And it's like, if you have that idea of the one, like that for me, like I would hold on for so long because I believed in the story. I believed that like this, but in the end, this will work out. The story almost was more important to me than the relationship itself. Yes, exactly that. Like, because I think about they put on the act for a couple of months. They're the Prince Charming. And then once they realize they've got you roped in slowly, but surely they're dropping the act. But if we are just so held fast to the idea of this is my forever love. This is my soulmate. This is my life partner. It is so hard to go wait a minute, that person just did a 180 on me. I think they were acting before and this is the real them. Instead, we're in the headspace of, well, you know, love takes work and it's going to be okay because, you know, I mean, this is my forever person and I'm, I'm not going to just leave my forever person. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that that whole cognitive dissonance does damage. We go through so, so many mental gymnastics in order to justify why our Prince Charming is suddenly an absolute nightmare. You know, it's funny. I was, I think about a lot of things you say, to be fair. <laughs> I have so many amazing friends who are like so articulate mm-hmm. that I'm just, I'll just be driving. I'm like, remember when Abby, so <laughs> the thing that I was thinking of is when you said uh, the cruelty was the point, mm-hmm. right? I was driving in the car and another thing that came to was the dissonance is the point, mm-hmm. right? Because I was thinking about just kind of inspired by what you just said, like being with these nice guys, jacks your brain up so bad it's so confusing you can't make sense of it i was actually listening to a podcast about a con man which made me think of it who i might do a podcast on because it's crazy but he was like this religious guy who ended up like um stealing all this money and then he ended up like fleeing and like pretending he was dead and the people he stole from were in his church like he stole from people yeah But anyways, at the end of this, the people they were interviewing who were his victims would not stop saying, well, that's not the guy I knew. I don't think so. Like they had proof. They had empty bank accounts. Empty. I mean, like literally uh, one lady, it was like, so this would have been years ago, but it was like over $150,000 just gone. Little old lady, retirement. But all these people were like, that's not the guy I knew. And it's like, yeah, cause that's the point. They right. want you to be confused. They want it to not make sense. Like that is purposeful. Like they're giving you this beautiful picture of them so that when they do shitty stuff, you reject it because the dissonance mm-hmm. is too great. Exactly. They want you having no idea what your up from down is. And uh, even if you are potentially catching on, they will word salad and talk around oh, you so badly that, you know, then you're even more brain scrambled, which, you know, 
in some ways that that trait, which it goes off of the same, you know, being introspective and being a people pleaser, but being the kind of person who will default to giving benefit of the doubt is a huge thing. Like they can tell that if they throw these like super dramatic uh, accusations of, oh, you've never trusted me then. And you're always like this to me. Like we are going to try so hard to see where they're coming from, to believe they're saying this stuff in good faith and try to make sense of it. Not getting that, trying to make sense of something this illogical will drive us insane. Yes. 1000%. I know that's not a percentage. I don't care. (laughs) It's a hundred percent times 10, (laughs) but truly. And also it's like, there's like a logical aspect and this idea of like, if I can just get them to understand me, surely, like, I I suppose it's in the benefit of the doubt, but also like, that's when they make grand accusations against you being someone who's like, no, 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 let me explain. Like they will get you to argue with them about things that are completely nonsensical that they don't even believe that took me the longest time to figure out. They don't even think the thing they're arguing with you. Like when they say like, you just hate me or like you just this. And you're like, no, 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 of course not. No, let me explain to you. Like, hold on. Let me just explain where I'm coming from. Like I can, I can prove that I don't think that it's like, that's the, the, the argument is the point. They want the argument. They want you to be, they want you to be distracted. They want you to be upset. They want you to be on the defense when really you should be on the offense because they have messed up. Yes. And this is a bit of an offshoot of this, but the the hone in on these people, on these women who still feel like they have to make a case for their humanity. Mm, um, yeah. I always think about something, uh, a conversation I had with my therapist where I started basically listing all the reasons why my then boyfriend should be treating me with respect and consideration. And she stopped me and she was like, you're listing all these reasons, like basically trying to convince why you are worthy of those things. You're worthy of those things because you're a human being and human beings are worthy of respect and consideration and love. Um, so they're they're picking women who haven't found that space of, I can just stand in, I don't need to make a case for my humanity. Um, because that's where we also get into that same headspace of, well, if I just help them see the light, if I just present the case better. Mm-hmm. And, and usually what we're doing is what case we're presenting is I should be treated better. You should not You're be right. treating me this way. I and, am a human, please. And, and the guys are over here being like, um, doubt, citation needed on this yeah. whole deserving mm-hmm. respect. Wait a second. That is so, like, And I think a lot of that comes from maybe some, I don't want to speak for everybody, but like for me, it was like some stuff when I was younger, Mm -hmm. this idea being planted of like, I felt like it wasn't a given. I felt Mm -hmm. like it wasn't a given to be loved, that I really needed to make sure I made my case. I proved my worth, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that just moves into these relationships where like, you don't start at zero, you start behind. You're already yeah. like, you're like, I have to, I have to fight my way just to, to get to zero. I have to prove this. And like taking a step back and being like, if someone doesn't realize upfront from the jump mm-hmm. that you deserve respect and love, that they cannot talk to you in certain ways that you needed to be treated with dignity. If you ever have to get into a conversation with someone about that run yes run because that's a given that's for mm-hmm. all people that just shows a genuine general respect for other human beings mm-hmm. if you have to debate why you are worthy of you know basic humanity that means the other person thinks your humanity is up for debate boom there's another <laughs> abby one-liner <laughs> but it's no, so true Abby gives them, uh, but <laughs> I could go off the rails. So I got a comment on one of my videos that I think is in alignment with this. I'd love to discuss mm-hmm. where, you know, I do talk about that. I think a lot of nice guys are narcissistic. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of them are have tendencies at the very least, mm-hmm. but someone was like, I don't think they're all that. I think some of them are misogynist. And I was like, well, it ends up exhibiting itself similarly. 
Yeah, it kind of like, go hand in hand. Right. Because like, regardless, because I think some people may listen, because you and I talk a lot about narcissistic people, I feel like, but hmm. it's like, maybe like, oh, he wasn't a narcissist. It's like, okay, but something somewhere told him he was allowed to treat you in an inhumane way mm-hmm. that you were beneath him. That's where sexism comes in a lot, right? Like misogyny, because these men don't think it's unkind to treat you as less than because they genuinely believe you are less than to mm-hmm. treat you as an equal is a kindness. They are being mm-hmm. nice by treating you as equal to them by mm-hmm. giving you the same respect they give other men that alone is a gracious gift and it's like whether you want to see it as as narcissism or or some form of misogyny the fact is these guys see you as lower than them and Mm -hmm. deserving of less in all aspects of life Mm -hmm. if they are seeing you as commodity as an (laughs) object not a person worthy of empathy. We have terms for that. We have terms. We have diagnoses. <laughs> but truly, like it's a like if you don't want to diagnose them, that's fine. That's totally cool. <laughs> I don't have the credentials, but but the point is that is such a key element to the way that they treat you because they don't even think that's bad. I'm not, I'm not saying that that, that is not an excuse because they're making the choice to treat you as less than, but Mm -hmm. like they don't even register in their minds how bad what they're doing is because they think you deserve it. They're above you. Them being kind to you. I just did a video on this. Mm -hmm. It's like me being nice to you at all. Like the fact that Mm -hmm. I'm speaking to you, like the fact that I take time out of my day to pretend to like the things you like or listen to you when I have better things to do. It's like, you have to understand that they see you as lesser than to truly understand their treatment of you and how that will continue. Because if a guy feels that way about you, if a Mm -hmm. guy feels you're less than them, that will not change. That will be a constant in the relationship and it will lead to very toxic behaviors. Exactly the whole idea of like, if you have to convince them, and I was actually just having this conversation with a friend too. If you have to convince the man to give a shit, for the entire relationship, you will be convincing him to give a shit. There will be yep. no moment where he will be convinced. If you yes. have to convince him of your humanity, that's the theme until you finally recognize your humanity and get the f- out. Yeah, you shouldn't have to. Like, mm-hmm. that's the whole thing is like, there are people who will love you. Like, that is not, that should be a non-negotiable. If someone does not like, inherently just know you are a human being mm-hmm. who is pursuing like a romantic relationship with you of, above like let alone a friendship like it's it's not like it's so ingrained in how they see the world mm-hmm. that like you're not going to have a conversation that's going to fix it exactly like, I, I don't think it even even if you even if you somehow get through one argument like it, it's not individual arguments it's a viewpoint and a perspective of how they see the world and other people in it. And so because of that, like you can fight the little battles all day, but you're not going to win the war. Exactly. It is not unlike, you know, they, if they do not respect you, they're not respecting your opinion. And that means they are not respecting um, you enough to ever actually shift how they think. Like they're viewing you the same way they are viewing, I don't know, a TV on the fritz. And it does not matter what that TV might be able to, I don't know, present, blah, blah, blah. Like at no point are they going to go, oh, yeah, this TV is helping me uh, reevaluate my viewpoints on life. It's like, no, it's a f- TV. And if it won't stop, right. you know, malfunctioning, I'm throwing it to the curb. It, it, it kind of reminds me of like the pick me's, <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. like you, even if they like you, even if they're like, this one's good, the other ones are bad, but this one's good. You still never like rise up to equal you will always be lesser than like even if they like you mm-hmm. it doesn't matter it doesn't ma- like i don't care how much like ground you feel like you've gained like they will not they will never see you the way that you deserve to be seen as a human being with wants needs and desires they're like generally you're an extension of them for me like one of my traits was i very much saw my value through relationships Mm -hmm. and it was reflected back to me like i'm a good friend you know what i mean Mm. like i it was always like i believe these things about myself but i needed that validation 
on some level. Like my, I was, I felt insecure. Like I was, I felt like, oh, I'm good enough, but it's, would you tell me that I am also, you know, like I needed reinforcement and, and these guys really came onto that. Like they'll go for people who seem very secure and are outgoing, but there's always that little bit in them that's like, but maybe I'm not. And they key onto that. And then they make sure to slowly, slowly and methodically dig into that little piece of you that says, maybe it's, maybe I'm not enough. Maybe I need to change. And they'll, once they latch onto that, it's like, it's about over. <laughs> like that's, they're, they're going to, they're going to bring down your confidence. And that's what you'll notice. Like, I think the inability to realize like, oh, since I've been with this person, I felt incredibly insecure. I mm -hmm. felt incredibly anxious. I like, I just wasn't like logging that. Like, and I I think they, they count on that. You not understanding that like they are the problem. Yeah. I, I just, oh, like I, it wasn't until I was an adult that I was like, why do I, I feel really, <laughs> really sick around this person all the time. Why is that? What could like, that be? <laughs> it's almost like the body keeps the score or something. <laughs> so it's like my body's telling me get away. Oh Lord have mercy. But going yeah. back a little bit to the that whole confidence thing, that is another area that sends out the bat signal. They love getting finding those women who have found their confidence and their self-love and their empowerment. But there's still that little piece, that little crack in the foundation where we still have, you know, worries about uh, our self-worth and, and, and knowing that that little crack is there. So they zoom in and they get that woman. And because a lot of them love watching this confident woman, this, this empowered woman get whittled down to nothing. So they just chip away at that crack in the foundation until it's all rubble. You know, if it wasn't so like nefarious and horrible and like evil genius, I would be impressed by mm -hmm. how good they are. At, like, and like, I'll just like in my own life, they, the, I've been with a lot of narcissistic dudes, unfortunately, but they would even key on to different elements, but they would just start hammering it. Yes. When I, I dated a guy in, um, I've, and I've talked about him on the podcast before, but this was when I was in my early twenties, he was mm -hmm. much older than me. Uh, side note, he had liked me since I was 16. So that's an element of that. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, gross, 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 groomy. Mm. <laughs> not today, therapy, not today. <laughs> We're moving past that. Anyways, but he understood that I, I felt like because when I was 16, he was this hot older guy that like was giving me attention. Granted, he waited till the legal time to interact, like to actually not, he hit on me, but he didn't ever like go on a date with me or anything. But so he knew that I had an insecurity about him being older and cooler. Mm -hmm. And so our whole relationship, he made me feel inept and uh, immature the same things he loved me for like my personality and being silly then was used weaponized against me right like then i was immature and like like i didn't have my life together even though he was in like a shitty ass apartment and i was like do like excelling in school you know but like i was the one god for you know you, you got caked up carpet but i'm the one who really doesn't have it together there's a guy i was friends with who i you know, I do TikTok and like, I don't have an ego about that. Like I I like doing, but I'm not like, I'm so cool. But like, he would hammer at that. He would be like, you have an ego. You're th mm. like, he would talk to me about it. He would uh, talk to other people about it. Um, and I was, I was like, where is this coming from? But it was like, he keyed that that was something like, I would never want to be seen as having an ego. So he attacked that. And it was like, they just have this innate ability to pick an insecurity and to hammer at it yeah. until you have a complex about it. And then that's when you're in trouble. It's like, they don't need you to be just like, I think there's this false uh, false assumption that the women they go for are like meek and mild and, and scared and like have no self-esteem. It's like, no, a lot of them are actually kind of confident. They just need that little in. Exactly. And uh, honestly, you know, there's a lot of those men, honestly, that I feel like are punishing, like, say, their mom through the women where yes. maybe the mom was, you know, this power figure, authority figure. So they're finding the women who have some level of confidence and autonomy and power. And it's like, 
I am going to whittle her down to nothing the way that I wish I could have whittled my mom down to nothing, which holy Freud, Batman. Freud. Well, and that, you know, I've seen it talked about a lot just on, you know, the feminist side of TikTok is like, they are so jealous. They are so toxic men, especially when they're nice guys. It's because, because like, they're not, they have this internalized misogyny and jealousy and anger that is not coming out right because they're the nice guy they can't expel it like they're not going to yell at a woman necessarily not at first anyways but they have that all built up and they have to find a way to 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 get that out so they have to find something wrong with you that is in their mind justified right Mm -hmm. to be mad about but like they are very jealous of women the way that they go into the world they're uh kitty was talking about this on my episode with her she was talking about like that you know women generally speaking can find dates can sleep around if they Mm -hmm. want to and men can't and so they're not as easily right that's not even that's not even taking into account like all the non-binary people you know it's like misogyny loves a binary right um although i guess anyone's below them but it's just like this idea of like simply for being a woman or even femme presenting like they are mad at you for that like they are annoyed at your abilities and what you have and they can't stand it it's as if you're throwing something in their face by simply existing exactly and and in some ways that is possibly one of the lesser thought about personality traits that are sending this beacon to these kind of guys is we are possessing the traits that they want and because they want and they don't have but you have they resent you for it so they're going to go after the woman who is successful the woman who is educated the woman who is even just kind and empathetic and you know funny all of these things that they want to have So they gravitate to you because, I don't know, I guess they feel like they can get it from you from osmosis. (laughs) Yes. Because they can't do it that way. They actively resent you now because, oh, now you're just a reminder of all the things I'm not. Well, that's the thing, right? There is a shift. Mm -hmm. So it starts with, you know, they idolize you. They want it. And I think even part of them believes, like believes that they generally support it. Like believes, like I do love confident women. I do want women to shine, but they cannot accept that it exists. They, their insecurity cannot. To stand next to you and support you is only to highlight what they are lacking. They cannot stand next to you for too long without looking at themselves, which God knows they don't want to do. So they have to come up with a reason that you suck. Because if they come up with a reason that you suck, it's like, Anything from that point on is your fault. Yes. So it's not that they they weren't good enough for this confident, amazing woman. It's that, well, they actually weren't. They actually weren't as great as, as I thought. I found mm-hmm. a reason that, you know, if it didn't work out, it wasn't me. It was that they weren't what they said they were. Exactly that. And it's almost like they're able to prove that this trait that they hate themselves for not having, well, you know what, that doesn't really even exist because this person, I thought they had it. And then I learned, oh, no, actually, they suck. You know, Mm -hmm. they got to tear down the woman to prove that the thing that they don't have about themselves didn't exist in the first place. Damn, that's so true. Ugh, I hate it's. It's not something that's lost on me. I was thinking about it the other day. (laughs) I think about all things all the time. But like the sad state of affairs, because like, yeah, as someone who loves women, (laughs) like in that way, uh, when I see like a beautiful woman or when I see my wife particularly, I'm not like, screw her. Yeah, well, (laughs) well. literally not figuratively yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) literally not figuratively. no but like i i am happy Mm -hmm. that she's beautiful or like other women my peers you know like other women my friends Mm -hmm. it's like i'm happy when they succeed i want them to succeed i am not in competition with them like i don't feel and it's like when i think about the fact that there are so many toxic men out there who see something beautiful and have to destroy it yes because it's reminding them of the ugliness of them uh, of within truly but it's like they want it they like it it's something they adore these aren't women they hate you know eventually they probably do and maybe their misogyny you know they hate them on some level but it's like women they want and and admire like this beautiful thing that they want access to 
they end up destroying. Like they cannot be in close proximity without feeling the need to destroy. And sometimes we'll destroy to get close to it. Mm-hmm. They'll, that- they'll get close enough and then they'll just start to literally destroy something beautiful because they're like, if I can make this, if I can rip the petals off this beautiful flower, then at least I can still hold the stem. Oh man. And, and now I'm more powerful than the flower. Like I am being reminded of one of these nice guys that I dated who absolutely like, I knew I was out of his uh, league by a lot, but I was like, oh, we have such great conversation and he's so, and then this man goes out of his way to just break my heart and my brain at the same time. And he had this smirk on his face when he was like, usually it's the hot one in the relationship who gets to do this. Like take someone completely out of his league, destroy her, and obviously feel a sense of empowerment because I I got to rip the, the petals off of that flower. Someone who looks like me doesn't usually get to do that. And I did. Abby, I'm going to need a name. I'm going <laughs> to need an address. <laughs> I'm about to take a trip. Uh, uh, after the podcast. But truly, <laughs> don't put it. Yeah. This, For legal this reasons, is, I have no idea what you're talking this about. Is, <laughs> this is anonymous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... first of all that makes me really really furious but that's talked about too it's like hey they're not not because we give give the nice guy chance like often that's not actually true like i have also dated people that like i guess like if you put it on paper and like what society says for example whatever Mm -hmm. society's dumb but i would be above right Mm. who treated me like shit (laughs) like who thought they were better than me like they were waiting for it's almost like i've never been given an opportunity and i think people try to frame it as like the that person will like be so grateful that person will love you and it's like yeah that's not always the case sometimes that person is like i've been waiting because they they because they have not been picked or whatever They have that resentment that we talked about. It's so built in. There's like, there's this anger that's brewing. They finally get the girl and like, Ooh, do they love to destroy this, this literal, like, it's almost as if the, the wonderful, beautiful woman they are dating is the amalgamation of every Mm -hmm. girl that turned them down. Exactly. And it, that's the thing, because like I can already imagine, some, honestly, the, the Ken cells of the world probably aren't even listening to this, but if no. they are and are getting to this point, they'll be like, yeah, well, here you are talking about how you're they're below you. So, of course, they're going to act this way. We, from the get go, are being kind and, and giving benefit of the doubt and like really giving them a chance. It does not matter that we have committed ourselves to them. They are getting a chance to punish all the other women who came before through you. Mm-hmm. One of the worst people I dated was one of the, this was in uh, middle school and into high school, was he is like, just aesthetically speaking, like just, he was not a very attractive person. He was not a very nice person. He bullied me until I dated him literally. Like I used to cry going home from school and then he was nice to me. And I was like, Oh my God, I won him over per our conversation. And like, I gave him a chance. And then like, I remember my mom was like, yeah, I thought about like, Oh, that's so nice. Like she's really. And then I realized he was horrible. He was just a horrible, mean person. Like he was, and yeah, I mean, he, he was, he continued to bully, like into high school. He's just a troll of a person, truly. But it's like, I think so many of us get into their minds of like, I think this would be another trait is like, I give people the benefit of the doubt. Like I Mm -hmm. didn't care about looks that much. You know, it was more so like, who are they? Like, and I, per that one guy who's like, you have an ego like i was always terrified about being perceived it was like being cocky or like thinking i'm better because i was like i don't i you know and so i would like it's almost like i would go the opposite direction and would date people who weren't it's not even like they weren't in my category like just like they weren't bringing to the table what i brought to the table and that's not a judgment and that's not me saying i bet like it's like just acknowledging like you have every right to be met with mm-hmm. an equal or be met with someone who brings what you bring. And that doesn't make you cocky. And that doesn't make you mean. I know what I bring mm-hmm. and I want that met. 
period. Amen. And they legitimately hate that. They want the opposite. <laughs> like yeah. I'm just having memories, flashbacks of an ex who, when I finally started standing up for myself and being like, I know what I bring to the table. I deserve somebody who recognizes that I recognize, like, I know someone like me doesn't come around every single day and I should have somebody who is in appreciation of that. And this dude, the next day is like, really? You don't think I could find somebody like you again? Don't you think that's a little messed up? It also shows you like, when you say stuff like that, again, these are true statements. Mm -hmm. That is just a true statement. Like mm -hmm. you are an amazing person. You are a kind person. You are a loving person. You are a loyal person. You are incredibly intelligent and well thought out. You are supportive. Like you bring to the table things that not everybody brings. And that's just a fact, period. And if you are simply talking about the positive aspects of yourself and your partner feels the need mm -hmm. to come back with either, here's why you're not that, or I could find somebody tomorrow. I've heard stupid shit like that before. Like, mm. I, like you don't have any girls I like am not with because of you. Like, oh, it's like yeah. that shows they don't value you. Mm -hmm. Like, period. One hundred percent. Sorry. Like they don't. They don't get it. They're they're not. They're not up to par. They're not appreciating what you what you bring, or they have an interest in tearing you down exactly that and you know and i don't think it's cocky at all to be able to say like hey i am not you know I, ironically that whole aspect that makes us you know have the homing, homing beacon in on us that whole i'm not looking for chris helmsworth and in fact i'm uncomfortable when someone is that conventionally good looking <laughs> i i just like are you are you bringing intellect to the table are you bringing like empathy consideration yes. uh, do you have an a, a lust for life do you have hobbies you're passionate about you know I, there is nothing cocky about saying hey this this is what I'm looking for in a partner these are the values that matter to me and one of those values will also be are you matching my effort a hundred percent that's that's another trait I think is people who really put forth a lot of effort mm -hmm. who really are loyal who really give in relationships and get joy from giving not mm -hmm. not even like who find joy just in the aspect of i am being giving i am being kind like i enjoy that like that's a trait that they love because they do not want to reciprocate mm -hmm. they they just want you to give 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 and they'll take 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 all day mm -hmm. and because they know the person who loves to give like that will have these moments of like well I didn't give it with an agenda in mind. So, you know, as long as they're happy, that's the mindset they are hoping for. Mm -hmm. God. Uh, Abby, it's just the worst. Just, I'm just like describing myself. <laughs> like, here's why me. Here's why they pick me. But all of that's true. And like, again, I don't think any of those I, a lot of them are good traits. A lot of them are wonderful things about that I love about myself. Mm -hmm. But it's just realizing if these traits are sounding familiar, like I think we've covered also how they abuse that. Mm -hmm. But it's just knowing like if you have these traits, you have to be extra careful yes. with people who come into your life this way. People who come in, uh, especially if they come in hot. You know, they come in like love bombing. They oh. come in. Oh my God. Just I being found the best. half. You're the most amazing yes. thing ever. <laughs> As true. Again, here's the thing. All of those things are tr can be true in the sense of like, you are amazing. You are great. They will compliment you. And those compliments can be true. It does not mean their intent for complimenting you is one that is healthy for you. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the sticky part. It's like, yeah, everything they, like they may just actually <laughs> just be observant. Like they, they'll observe things about you. And you're like, oh, that's great. It's like, well, it's not always, not always. Yeah. And, you know, kind of circling back to oh, that guy who was uh, into you since you were 16. One yeah. of the things, I mean, a lot of these, not all of them, but a lot of them mm -hmm. uh, are really into teenagers who will Ugh. tow that line of legality. The ones who are really quick to say, well, in my state, the uh, age of consent is 16, that kind of shit, even though they're Ugh. like 30. Right. Those, there is nothing inherently wrong with being a 16 year old. You're 16. You should, and, and you should be a 16 year old who is safe, but 
it is unfortunate truth that these men are like, oh, 16, you say, and hone in. Mm-hmm. Oh, not a solid sense of identity yet? Oh, mm-hmm. maybe open to a older person giving them advice? Oh, mm-hmm. like there are aspects that are completely developmentally normal for that mm-hmm. age that a man often in his 30s mm-hmm. or older can take advantage of. And that doesn't say anything about the younger person just existing, but it does say something about the nice guy who just only goes for younger. It's almost like he doesn't have enough to bring to the table for someone his age. Or Mm -hmm. what I've realized in my older years is you wise up to their shit by 30. Mm -hmm. You're like, dude, you're manipulating me or you're lying to me or you're love bombing me. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't believe nah. (laughs) Like, I don't need a fairy tale. I'm good. I just want you to be a good partner. And I feel like that's a huge part of it is it's not just like their preference, you know, which I, you know, predatory preference, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know how I feel about that, but it's not just that it's easier for them to manipulate that person. It's also that like the people that are their age are onto those behaviors and see through things that someone younger may not have had enough life experience to recognize. Mm Mm-hmm. And they know that. That's why they're, you know, they're getting for the teenager who hasn't had enough experience yet, who hasn't had that, you know, chance to, well, first and foremost, have their frontal lobe fully developed. And (laughs) really science. (laughs) And I always think about like, you know, the response to that, you know, and I'm going to keep hammering this home because I know how easy it is to get to that line of victim blaming. The answer to that is not, man, those 16 year olds should not be 16 year olds anymore. (laughs) It is just, oh, damn, that is something we have to be on the lookout for because this is a trait that they are going to like try to attack. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I felt I didn't do anything wrong at the time. Like that guy mm-hmm. we're talking about, I remember being flattered when he would say like, oh God, I would mm-hmm. so be on you right now if you weren't 16. That is a direct quote. Ugh. Yeah, he said he was drunk. But anyways, but point me like, I was like, oh my God, I'm so flattered. Now I'm like, oh my God, I was groomed. Like, oh God, this guy, he kept in touch with me for, I was 16. So we started dating. I could legally drink. So I had to have been 21. He was in contact with me that whole time. And I was in contact with him too, because like, I thought we were friends. I didn't understand what was happening to me. I was like, this is this cute guy. You know, it's just like, oh, that's a point. Because I didn't know what was happening and he did. Exactly. I didn't understand he was grooming me. I didn't understand. And I didn't, like, I guarantee you his friends did not know what had gone on all those years. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like, that's the difference. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. I thought this was a cute older guy. I didn't understand the responsibility. I didn't understand what that meant for him. I found out when I dated him when I was older and it was horrible. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's the problem. It's not that I did anything wrong. It's like, that's why we look at the guys here, the toxic men. Mm -hmm. It's why are they doing that? Why are they drawn to these younger women? Yeah, because at the end of the day, they know better. Like for all of the traits that we have been talking about, it is never a case of, wow, this woman should not have these anymore. But like these men know what they're doing and they Mm -hmm. know better and they are actively choosing not to. Like to keep using the, the the teenager analogy, are you a little more safeguarded than uh, before if, when you are no longer a 16-year-old girl and you're instead, say, a 30-year-old woman? Sure, but that doesn't mean there was anything wrong with the 16-year-old girl. Those men knew better and they should have done better. Yes, 100%. Speaking of the 30-year-old versions of us, what would you say, we've looked at our traits, what would you say you've like learned from dealing with nice guys that maybe would prove to be more protective for you in the future? I think the biggest one, well, it's a, it's a phrase I have used so many times and it's just, I keep coming back to it, but access to me is a gift. Um, Once upon a time, I was the kind of person who was like, I have to do whatever it takes because I can't lose them. And now I am in a place of, I can't lose myself. And so I am going to be willing to walk away from people. Okay, if, if I have to debate my humanity with them, that's my cue to go. I sh- if I have to prove my worth to them, that does, that's not my cue to keep proving my worth because I know I'm worthy. I am worthy. So they don't see it. 
I'm, I'm, I'm scooching on out. Um, just that willingness to recognize that having people no longer in my life is not going to be a reflection on me, especially if what they are is abusive. Damn. That I couldn't have put that better myself, which no surprise <laughs> because of the wonderful writer you are. But I, I, additionally to what you're saying, like, you know, you're like, I, I got to go. <laughs> like if mm -hmm. I notice that none of the main thing for me was trusting my gut and that feeling mm -hmm. in my stomach, right? Because of the way that, you know, I grew up and had, you know, these relationships early in life, even mm -hmm. I really taught myself to ignore ignore that bad feeling in your gut you're fine or even more detrimentally if i had a bad feeling my thought was how do i fix this rather than leave rather than my body is saying i am unsafe mm -hmm. i took it as my body is saying you need to ease this discomfort you're feeling you need to talk more you need to settle you need to cave you need to whatever it is you take action it is your job to fix this yes and finally i have realized no when my body which is the keeper the keeper of the tally you know mm -hmm. like the, the trauma tally keeper when my body says nope i have learned that means get out mm -hmm. that means take a step back that means I need to look at this person because my body is rejecting whatever they're bringing mm -hmm. and giving myself permission to do that because it's not your body doesn't say like okay now's a good time to people please mm -hmm. you don't have like you know what i mean like you don't have a, a response like that because you need to uh people please a little bit stay in longer mm -hmm. <laughs> do more like trust your gut trust your gut trust your gut i have yet to have an experience in my life where my gut was telling me something's wrong here. Things aren't adding up. This person is not who they say they are. I've yet to have that be proven wrong, but there've been plenty of times where my gut said, this person is, is no good. Things aren't adding up. I ignored it because, oh, it's just my trauma talking. No, my gut was right. My gut was right all along. Batting a thousand for that one. <laughs> Batting a thousand. <laughs> well, and also like, for me, it was like, you don't have to know what it is. Mm -hmm. I used to, if I get a bad feeling, I kind of want to like investigate or like understand like, oh, I, something feels wrong. But it's like, you don't want to be that person in the horror movie. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be the girl that walks in and hears like a, like a metal mm -hmm. screech or a baby cry. Who's like, let me investigate further. Let me go yeah. into this dungeon. <laughs> don't open that door. Get out. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's what it's like, because it's like, that's what we do half the time, mm -hmm. you know, or, or what I did, it was like, I would have my body saying like, this is bad news. And it wasn't, sometimes it's not even like, I didn't know something was off. It was like, I didn't know what was off. Mm -hmm. So I would keep going to try and uncover what was wrong. Cause I was like, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. You don't have to understand. Mm -hmm. You don't have to understand why the person is bad. You don't have to understand what they're manipulating. You don't have to understand what the lie is. Mm-hmm. You just have to understand something is going on that is not good for you and is not healthy for you. And maybe they're not even bad people. Maybe they're just not healthy for you specifically. Mm -hmm. But it is okay to just know this isn't for me and to leave it at that. Exactly. And trust me, you do not want to be learning the hard way. <laughs> Let's know how we got here. That's mm -hmm. how we're on this podcast. <laughs> and why we're all in therapy. Therapy, also therapy, therapy, mm -hmm. love it. Cannot mm -hmm. like just someone listening to you, an unbiased person, mm -hmm. especially like if you've been through some shit that um, was traumatic or anybody who gaslit you or made you question your reality, there is so much in your own mind that you probably haven't even seen clearly because mm -hmm. of what you went through, because yes. of the stress, the gaslighting, like you'll think you'll have an under, like for me personally, I'll think I understand something that happened and I'll talk to my therapist and she'll be like, oh, what? Can we take, <laughs> take two steps back? What'd you say? And I'm like, this happened. She's like, do you see that that's, you know, really unhealthy? And I'm like, oh, oh, that was unhealthy. Like having somebody to help you unpack what happened and to be the voice of reason in a sense and be the the compassionate empathetic person in the room to say like hey 
How did that make you feel? Mm -hmm. Because I learned how often I was intellectualizing things that happened. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm like, like, I would literally be in therapy. I'm like, no, I get why that happened. I mm -hmm. just, you know, he's narcissistic and this is this. And I'm like, and you know, he didn't see me as his equal and this is what he did. And she'd just be like, uh-huh. And how did you feel about that? And you just mm -hmm. you start bawling. Cause it's like, you can intellectually understand someone. And like, this is also, if we backed it up, like a red flag for like a uh, trait that they like, which is being being an intellectual in the sense of like breaking things down that way and be like, oh, I see how that could happen. I like psychology. Like you would think they would not want those people, but they mm -hmm. like those people because those people intellectualize the things that happen mm -hmm. sometimes and are so keen to understand they don't appreciate the impact of what the thing did to them. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I get, I get what you did without saying like, oh, but what you did hurt me. Mm -hmm. And now I really take account of how things make me feel. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if I understand, like I could fully understand why a person did that. That doesn't mean it's okay. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's a, uh, I, I love how our therapists are so similar because mine will, <laughs> we'll talk about Logic Abbey and Emotional Abbey and mm -hmm. she will always go, well, I've heard plenty from Logic Abbey. What's Emotional <laughs> Abbey doing? And the sheer number of times I will start talking about an emotion and I will start trying to tamper it with logic. Well, but you know, I can understand where they're coming from. She will literally interrupt me and go, logic, Abby, go away. This is emotional <laughs> Abby's time. And that's the thing. Like we time and place for logic. Sure. Let your, let those emotions be valid. Adding in kind of an addendum to those traits. Though These abusive men love when you intellectualize everything and you're not willing to let your emotions have breathing room and tell you what they need to tell you because that's when they're going to throw in the gaslighting under the lure of logic and then your head's going to spin yeah they they love to act like they're living in logic land when it's just manipulation <laughs> yep <laughs> manipulation central welcome to manipulation station uh yeah I mean, obviously like sharing stories for mm -hmm. me has been a big one, like finding community, like obviously I have this podcast, like, so I'm definitely down to share, but sharing stories like helps you realize you're not alone. It helps build community. It helps. I feel like just telling the story and getting feedback is so helpful. Like just yeah. getting someone's face when you tell your story, they're like, oh God. Okay. So it was, yeah, I was, was right now. I thought. I'll tell you, the, one of the most validating moments of my entire life is when people who did not even like, you know, have any big tie to what it, my relationship had been, when they heard the voice note of him yelling at me and was like, oh my God, that sounds like my abusive ex. I'm so sorry. It just all of a sudden, everything clicked into place and all the gaslighting disappeared because it's like, here we go. These people, like you're able to share your story and be able to tell you, yeah, no, 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 that wasn't okay. Yeah. And it, again, like these guys aren't original. <laughs> like mm -hmm. they just do the same shit. And that's the other thing too. Yeah. Like uh, when we share our stories, when we compare notes, we realize they all have the same playbook. Once you know that playbook, you are able to start detecting, oh, 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 nope, here, here they are on page one, doing the page one shit. I don't need to know what's on page two. I already know, actually. I don't need to read it from this dude, too. I'm out. Yeah. And, and I, I think also, like, calling it out early on, too. Like, I used to, like, let things simmer and, like, I'll think about that. Like, if something made me uncomfortable or if someone said something that, like, didn't quite hit right, you know? But now I, I get clarification as soon as I'm confused. Mm -hmm. Like when, in, in all my relationships, like I've, I've, I used to be, um, I thought I was like confrontational because I have big emotions, but I actually hate, I'm not into conflict very much. I don't like, I don't like um, in relationships where I'm close to someone, I don't love conflict. Mm -hmm. But what I realized was how, how much my fear of conflict would let me like stew on things instead of addressing it in the moment. And I'd leave things in the gray. Mm -hmm. And now when I am with talking to someone or if, you know, it could be a friend or it could just be like someone I'm getting to know if something strikes me funny, mm -hmm. if something sounds a little off, if I feel like they are not saying the quiet part out loud, I will press mm -hmm. a little bit. And I'm not saying like be confident. I'm just like, or start a fight, but it's like, Hey, can, what did you mean by that? Like, I'm a little mm -hmm. confused. Why did you say that to me? Mm -hmm. 
Like, what does that mean to you? Because, like, there'll be, like, snide comments, you know? Mm -hmm. And just asking, well, where did you get that from? Or what was the point of saying that? Mm -hmm. Clears up so much so fast, and then you don't waste time. Right. Because they out themselves. If they're pressed, they usually out themselves pretty early. Mm -hmm. Safe people are okay clarifying or rectifying something that was said. The toxic people are the ones who are going to suddenly do the word salad, head spinning, Maybe they're going on the offense. Oh, why? How could you think that of me? Blah, 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 blah. That they will tell on themselves once you start questioning them. That is so profound. Like safe people have no problem clarifying. Mm -hmm. Safe people want you to understand what they are saying. Mm -hmm. If someone wants you to be confused when they're talking to you, then mm -hmm. they have nefarious intent. Like if they don't want you to know what they just said, like, yep. you're like what'd you say? And they're like, oh God. How dare, how dare you? How dare you ask me to repeat the thing I said five seconds ago? Like, you're like, um, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of clarifying, Abby, will you hit us with your socials, please? <laughs> I shall hit you with my socials. So I am both on TikTok and Instagram. It is just my full name, Abby Rosemarin, Um, And that is R-O-S-M-A-R-I-N. A lot of people put an E in there because it is, you know, Rosemarin, but there is no E. But <laughs> that <laughs> I feel like that just to be some weird tagline. Abby Rosemarin, there is no E. Uh, I love that. But yeah, that is where you can find me primarily. Um, I have a bunch of books out. You can find them on the Amazons. I am one of two Abby Rosemarins in the entire world. And I am the only one of the two who write books. So you're the I'm the only stuff there that you will find if you look me up. Is there any book in particular you've written that you would suggest? Like if somebody has nice guy stuff, is there anything you would suggest specifically? Ooh, you know, I would say I have a book of poetry called Venom that I wrote as I was trying to make sense of a really bad situation that had happened and trying to reconcile the concept of forgiveness. Uh, and the the way this collection of poetry is written, it's a, it's a slow movement towards empowerment and, and being able to be like, I don't even need to potentially forgive this fucker. I just need to heal myself. Um, so potentially my my collection of short story or a uh, collection of poetry, Venom, uh, I do have a collection of short stories uh, called The Secret to a Happy Marriage, where there are some stories about interpersonal relationships where it's very clear that one or both of these people are, are bad news. So <laughs> give me that one too. I love that venom. That's so good. All right. Well, Abby, thank you so much for being here as always. Don't forget that we have the F the Nice Guy Patreon and that link will be in the description of this episode where we have Patreon exclusive episodes. I have content of Abby. <laughs> we have some video content and some episodes with her. Of course, but we have a lot of fun stuff on there. We have conversations. We just did a Q&A, a lot of additional content, and just a little bit of community. If you're looking, mm. as we talked about, if you're looking for people who want to talk about nice guys, then look no further. So make mm. sure to check out our Patreon. And thank you again to Abby. Thank you to everyone who is listening. And as always, my friends, F the nice guy.